You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. According to AP News, a Texas megachurch pastor was sent to prison for a massive fraud scheme recently. But it wasn't just any megachurch pastor. He was the spiritual advisor to two U.S. presidents, Bush Jr. and Obama. And it wasn't just any fraud scheme. He was sentenced to six years in prison for scamming investors out of millions of dollars. Wasn't scamming regular church members enough? His name is Kirby John Caldwell from Shreveport, Louisiana. And he and his co-conspirator were indicted for this back in 2018. The trial finally came to a close with their sentencing in January 2021. Sit back, it's going to get interesting. According to federal prosecutors, Caldwell and his accomplice Gregory A. Smith, an investment advisor, talked people into investing $3.5 million in historical Chinese bonds. Unfortunately, the bonds aren't recognized by China's current government, which changed from the Republic of China to the Chinese Communist Party in 1949, and have no investment value. Oh, I'm starting to get it now. Getting 10% of your members' income every month wasn't enough. He wanted something big. Why would he do this? In a capitalist market, if you're working with millions of dollars already, which he was, there are a billion legal ways to double it. Spend $250,000 to have a suite of Bible apps written and get everybody in your congregation to buy them. Put ads in. Spend $500,000 on rundown houses, another $200,000 renovating them, and sell them back for twice the cost. Buy the masters to some old popular song and sit back and wait for the money to roll in. If you have capital, you can get more capital. That's the whole point of a capitalist economy. Why did this dude choose to scam people instead of working within the system to make more money? My guess is he might have been in some hot water with some shady people. Maybe he needed a lot of money immediately. We'll probably never know. But I feel like we can all learn two things from this. One, megachurch pastors will scam you out of money even when they don't have to. It seems to be in their nature. And two, if you do things above board, you don't have to worry as much about going to prison for six years. Unless you're poor, of course. Pastor Greg Locke is a popular figure right now. For some reason, when Twitter dropped the ban hammer on a bunch of QAnon accounts, they skipped right over him. So we have the benefit of watching him completely melt down into conspiracy land. Here's his latest conspiracy. Mitch McConnell was in a Senate hearing over something recently, and in the background, you can see somebody in the bleachers or pews or whatever the fuck you call them, stretching out their hands. Pastor Locke interpreted this as a sign from the Illuminati. He believes they were making a triangle shape with their hands, and it was supposed to be a signal to Mitch that they're watching him, and he better say the right things or he'll end up quote-unquote like Jimmy Hoffa. Now I did a video about Greg Locke's Twitter account the other day and I passed over that video. I pointed out how ridiculous it was at the time. Didn't go beyond that but it's apparently been knocking around in Greg Locke's head for a while because he talked about it during a recent sermon. Here's what he said. And the clearest thing I've ever seen in my life is when Mitch McConnell gets off track, he turns around and the guy behind him gives him the Illuminati hand signal of authoritarianism to make sure he stays on track. Just remind that sucker, we're still in control, we're still paying your bills, and you do anything against what we say, and we'll make sure nobody finds your body, Jimmy Hoffa. Wow, dude, you're still thinking about that. The guy was just stretching out his hands. How do you get more delusional than this? Is there a level past this? I guess the next level is tinfoil hat territory, and as far as I know, he hasn't hit that yet. But I guess we have no way of knowing what he does in the privacy of his own home.
We've talked about Deanna Lorraine before, but if you haven't seen those clips, let me explain. She's been a die-hard QAnon supporter for years, and she's a host on the InfoWars show, colleagues with the one and only Alex Jones. And of course, she had some choice words for Republicans who weren't out there during the attack on the Capitol. Let's give it a listen. What we saw yesterday was the most epic form of resistance that we have seen in some time. This was the spirit of 1776 emanating from all of us, every fiber of our beings. It was this true spirit of resistance, not these people that go to these ridiculous rallies over and over every weekend, honking their arms, warning, waving their American flags. I mean, that's great, but you pretend that you're fighting the commies, that you pretend you're 1776, but you are not 1776 if you're not willing to put yourself at risk and do what we did yesterday. So that's how you flip the script. For the record, I'm not really sure if Deanna Lorraine was in the attack or not. I would guess not, but I think Alex Jones was there. Either way, what she's doing here is defending the use of violence. She's an extremist. If you believe in violence in the U.S. to political ends, then I consider you an extremist, plain and simple. And honestly, I know she doesn't realize this, but the vast majority of the U.S. population agrees. If you use violence to achieve your goals, it doesn't benefit you in the end. You look like an extremist. And the other side, the side that disagrees with you politically, they use it against you. You're only giving them ammunition. Martin Luther King Jr. understood that. That's why he was purely nonviolent. But this chick is taking pride in the fact that she believes in violence. These people need therapy, seriously. But even me saying that makes them believe that I want to send them to camps. Half the U.S. is in tinfoil hat mode, and I really don't know how to solve it. Pastor Greg Locke is a popular figure this week. Obviously, he's a gigantic, obnoxious Trump supporter. And as I mentioned earlier, he believes the Illuminati is out to get him. But over the past few months, no matter how bleak it looked, he continued to believe and claim that Trump is going to be inaugurated on January 20th, despite contradictory evidence. Despite the fact that he clearly lost the election, fair and square, he never let go of that delusion. Well, he decided to get up on stage in front of his entire congregation and tell them that other pastors stupidly claimed that God told them that Trump would be inaugurated. Give this a listen. Now what's floating around on the internet is all of these people that, let me use the word loosely, prophesied that Trump was going to remain in the presidency for the remaining four years. Now they're all being called false prophets, and so here's what they're doing. Now they're sending out these letters and these statements saying, well, somehow or another, we got it wrong, which, by the way, they're going to feel very, very stupid in a couple of weeks. Okay, fair enough. They made a fool of themselves, something we can both agree on. After calling out his fellow idiots, he said this. If you go back and watch every video from this platform or any video that I've done, even the one from the tree that I shared a couple of months ago or a month and a half ago about the dream, you will notate that I am very careful not to say the word of the Lord told me to tell you that Donald Trump is going to remain the president for the next four years. I have said I have good authority. I believe with all of my heart. I am 1,010% confident. But never one time did I say that Donald Trump is going to remain the president because the Lord told me that he was. Now, I may have a strong opinion on that, but I've been careful not to willy-nilly use those phrases because when God tells me something, I want to make sure that God told me that something. Okay, interesting. So he's saying he never claimed God told him that Trump would be inaugurated. Tall claim, but I don't feel like going through hours of content to find an example of it. Let's take his word for it for the sake of argument. Listen to the next part. Now, that being said, I'm not trying to backpedal because there is one conspiracy theory in the world right now and only one. The real conspiracy theory are the foolish people that think Joe Biden is actually going to be the president of the United States on January the 20th. You have lost your mind if you believe that. 
Okay, rationality has left the chat. What does he think is gonna happen? He doesn't believe it's gonna be divine intervention. He specifically said God did not tell him that Trump would be president. He made that pretty clear in the last couple clips. Without divine intervention, there are two possible paths to a Trump victory, as far as I can tell. Possible path number one, his insurrectionists rise up, destroy the entire government, and install a dictatorship with Trump as the leader. Possibility number two, the deep state really does exist, and Trump really was taking him down. And everything QAnon said turns out to be true. I don't really see any other way around this. Trump has exhausted every legal avenue he had. No options left. And he even committed acts of sedition in an effort to take the election win from Biden. It all failed. So what does Greg Locke expect? At this point, I'm really not sure there's anything knocking around up there. Time to put the tinfoil hat back on. You guys remember Pastor Robert Jeffress, right? He's the guy who said this. Look, David, there is a great contrast between the peaceful civil rights protest of John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr., who actually based their protest on the teachings of the Bible, compared to these anarchists who are basing what they're doing on rebellion against the Bible. And this. We have allowed the atheists, the secularists, the humanists to hijack our Constitution and pervert it into something our forefathers never intended. That's what the problem is. He's an extremist Christian who believes that church and state should be indistinguishable from each other. But after the election ended, surprisingly, he wrote an op-ed on Fox News basically saying that Republicans should align behind Biden. It was a huge surprise, to me at least, especially considering what percentage of Trump's base is made up of extremist evangelical Christians. And after the attack on the Capitol, he tweeted that he doesn't accept political violence when the left does it, and he won't accept it when the right does it either. Knock me over with a feather. Seriously surprising. Well, Jeffress is back in the news. He came out and said the real Christians had absolutely nothing to do with the attack on the Capitol. Well then, that's interesting. I have to say, there are plenty of Christians there who believe they're real. What's the defining factor that makes your congregation different from them? What if some of your congregation was in the crowd? Are they going to be excommunicated? The Christians who participated in the attack believe they were completely in the right to do what they did. I'm trying to wrap my mind around this guy's logic, but I have to keep reminding myself that there's none to be found here. He said, quote, We've got to acknowledge what happened on Wednesday at the Capitol was not only a crime, it was a sin against God. The people who stormed the Capitol, the people who killed that police officer were not a part of the kingdom of God, as some claimed. They were a part of the kingdom of Satan. End quote. Fascinating. Well, I think the guy is wrong. There were a ton of people there who claimed to be Christian. And who is he to tell them otherwise? Christian is a self-assigned label. If somebody says they're a Christian, then they're a Christian. That's simple. But I think the quote from him is significant for other reasons. This is his attempt to distance himself even further from Trump. He wrote that op-ed on Fox News about standing behind Biden, and he's now tweeted and spoken publicly about how bad the attack was, how he didn't stand behind it. This is actually a pretty big deal. The guy is the leader of a megachurch, has a show on Fox News, and he's a contributor on there constantly. They always have him on as their resident Jesus expert. He's a major representative for the evangelical voting bloc. This is evidence of a massive party schism. The Republican Party is falling apart right now, and I have to say, it's a delight to watch. Before we take a look at all that, let's listen to some voicemails. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Um, hello, this is Derek Louise Kendrick. I am from Massachusetts in America. Um, I just want to say I'm a pretty big fan of yours, and I just have one question. And my question is about, you know, atheism. I'm obviously a jazz believer. And um, I was just wondering, 
if you if people claim to be atheists, why do they why do they use stuff like, oh my God, Jesus Christ, holy crap, thank you if you're answering this question. Pretty big fan. Support everything you do. God bless. I appreciate that. Uh, very interesting question. The answer to that is because it's part of the culture. I do the same thing. I say, oh my God, or oh God, or whatever. It's a more polite way of saying something that may contain a swear otherwise. Like, instead of saying, oh fuck, you say, oh God. And then there's the even more tamed down version that's safe for even Christian ears, oh gosh. So that's why people use those euphemisms. It's just part of culture. Why do atheists celebrate Christmas? Christmas is like a giga-religious holiday, right? It's just because it's part of their culture. I celebrate Christmas, and I didn't grow up doing it. I just enjoy it. Uh, hey, Owen, it's Dan from Florida. Um, I was wondering if you thought that, you know, the evangelical voting, you know, with the Trump supporters, you know, the ones saying that Biden will never be my president, I'm wondering how you think that their tune will change after the 20th of January where he's you know, sworn into office, you know, if they're going to start making some kind of conspiracy theory or saying that Trump is still the president, even if we don't know it or something like that. Um, just wanted to know your thoughts. Thanks for, thanks for all you do. Bye. That's an interesting question. Um, are Trump supporters going to go further and further into conspiracy land? And I think ultimately the answer is yes, some of them will. But not all 75 million who voted for him. I was looking at a poll recently, basically the percentage of people who believe that the attack on the Capitol was a good thing or a bad thing or whatever else. I believe that the poll said 86% of the U.S. population says the people who perpetrated the attack are terrorists, and 5% say they're patriots. So that leaves 14% who don't believe that they're terrorists, and 5% believe that what they did was a good thing, that they're patriots. If you do the math on that with, say, 350 million people in the country, that evens out to somewhere around 15 to 17 million people who believe in the Trump cult, who are actual full-blown members, versus the 75 million who voted for him. Now, to put that into context, Jehovah's Witnesses have about 8.5 million members, Mormons have somewhere around 15 million members, and Scientology has about 40,000 members. Now remember the numbers we're talking about here, 15 to 17 million. So we're looking at a group of people in the United States that's roughly as big as or slightly larger than Mormonism. Now that the U.S. is going through the process of basically denazification for, for these groups, what happened in Germany after World War II, what the U.S. and the Soviet Union did to Germany afterward by banning their symbolism and their rhetoric in public spaces and doing the Nuremberg trials and things like that. Now that the U.S. is going through that process, I believe that number is going to shrink significantly. But I think that as the number gets smaller, the remaining members of that group are going to become more and more radical. 
we saw something similar happen with Alex Jones. When he was banned from certain social media websites, he lost his ability to evangelize and spread his message to the mainstream group of people. But the people who watched him before are even more radical now because they feel like they are being wronged. They feel like they're being persecuted because their favorite commentator has been kicked off of every social media platform. Was it right for him to be kicked off of every social media platform? Yes, because he was calling for violence and propagandizing. That is reason enough for me. Was it right for Trump to be kicked off of social media? Yes, he called for violence. He caused violence. And he propagandizes nonstop. So in those two cases, I believe it was right for them to be removed from social media. And the end result will be they'll start to lose followers. They won't be able to bring in as many new followers as they could before. But the ones that are currently members are going to become more radicalized or they're going to leave one or the other. Hey, this is Justin from North Carolina, and I was curious on your opinion. So I'm an atheist, but I've thought about going to a Jehovah's Witness, like, church area center that's nearby my house just for the fun of it one day. And I just wanted to know, if do you think I should? And if so, what should I be aware of or watch out for? And if not, why shouldn't, why don't you think I should go? Um, but keep up what you do, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Um, in my opinion, it's probably a waste of time. But if you're interested, then do it, man. I, I've been considering going to some churches that are kind of odd and out there, like trying to find a Church of Christ service. I think that'd be interesting to attend just to see what it's all about. Obviously, I have no interest in joining personally, but getting a feel for their church culture is something that you really can't get anywhere else. So I have considered going to something like that. And if you're really interested in it, just figuring out how it operates and how they act and what they do and all that, then go for it. Nothing's stopping you. That being said, I would recommend when you go there, keep your eye out for things like love bombing. If somebody walks up to you and wants to get to know you and, and they're super excited and smiley, got their perma smile going on, just like most cult members have, make a mental note of it. That should send up a red flag to you. Love bombing is a hallmark of a cult. It is what you should expect when you walk into a cult. But sometimes walking into a cult like that and seeing how they interact with people, it's worth it just in itself. It's a really fascinating experience to watch these people regurgitate their programming sometimes, as sad as it is. The biggest of Chungai. So in your opinion, what cult have you covered do you find the most interesting, and what about them do you find so interesting? Honestly, I really like the Heaven's Gate cult. I think that cult is fascinating because as tragic as it was, for one thing, I don't feel like Doe, the leader, a.k.a. Marshall Applewhite, I don't think that he was setting out to hurt people or to gain power. I don't think that's what it was about for him. I think that it was about spreading truth. Of course, he's full of shit, obviously. He never gained guardrails. He never gained the guardrails that you need when attempting to run a cult. If you don't put those guardrails up and keep yourself straight... You, 
go off the extremism cliff, and it ends badly every time. Look what happened to David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Look at what happened at Jonestown. And look at what happened to Heaven's Gate. They didn't have guardrails. They didn't keep themselves grounded in reality. And it ended the same in every case. That's what happens. So I think Heaven's Gate is the most fascinating to me to get back to the question. And I think the reason that it's so interesting, in addition to what I already mentioned, is because they had very odd beliefs. The beliefs were very, very strange and specific. It's a good example, though, of how the big lie propaganda works. The more detail you add to a story, even if it's completely fabricated off the top of your head, the more detail you add, the more believable it is the more likely people are to believe it. Heaven's Gate told a fantastical story about spaceships and aliens, and they had their own vocabulary and their own terminology, very heavily influenced by Star Trek The Next Generation, which was very popular in pop culture at the time in the 90s. And I think that that is probably the most fascinating thing about the group to me. Truth be told, though, I don't think people are as interested in cults as me, or at least not in the same ways, and not, not all of them. I'm sure a lot of you guys are as interested as I am. But the reason I say that is because anytime I do a full-blown cult breakdown of the belief systems, and the inner operations of traditional cults like Heaven's Gate or the Branch Davidians or Jonestown, it doesn't get very many views on YouTube. It's not very popular. Most people want me to talk about like Greg Locke and Jehovah's Witnesses and Kenneth Copeland and people like that, which they are cults and those are cult leaders, absolutely no doubt about it. But I don't think people are as interested in historical cults, I guess you could say, as I am. I don't know. I just think the whole shit, the whole thing is really, really fascinating to me. The biggest of Chungai. How do people get this stupid? It's bizarre that they haven't walked in the front of moving traffic thinking God will protect them from harm. I know. I'm surprised by that, too. I think that they believe that God would protect them from that, but I don't think they want to test it. So I think somewhere in the back of their minds, their survival instinct knows better in most cases. But there does come a point in a cult member's indoctrination where their belief in the doctrine outweighs their survival instinct. And at that point, that's when it gets dangerous. I mean, we saw evidence of that with Heaven's Gate and Jonestown and other places. I don't know if you guys have actually listened to the audio of what happened at Jonestown, but there is actual full-blown audio. The guy ran a tape recorder, or whatever it was, through the entire process. It was not mass suicide. It was mass murder. Half the people at Jonestown didn't want to do it, and the other half were accepting it. Phelan Schwarzentraub, I hope I got that right, was a reel-to-reel tape, if I, if I recall correctly, and it is haunting to listen to. Yes, you're talking about 
the Jonestown tape. It was haunting to listen to. I think it's 45 minutes long. The FBI files are public, and you can listen to a lot of the recordings Jones did. Yep, I did a video about Jonestown forever ago, and I listened to the entire 45-minute tape. It, it is fucking horrific, dude. You can hear people yelling and crying and screaming and everything else, and in the very end of the clip, you hear a shotgun go off where he killed himself after everybody else was dead, or almost everybody. But interestingly enough, there were actually survivors from the Jonestown cult. A lot of them. There were like 70 or so guards who weren't there that day. Also, there were some people who escaped through the bushes, interestingly enough. And they've done interviews. Those people have done interviews with like the news and stuff afterward. Very interesting to watch and listen to what they had to say about it. Just fucking heartbreaking for those people, man. Seriously. I mean, one guy, this guy's sitting there smoking a cigarette and telling the story, and you can see the horror behind his eyes as he's, like, recounting this stuff. They were um, forced to take the, um, the um, potion. Um, the Kool-Aid and cyanide? Yes. And they, where did they take the babies? Into that back area and lay them? It is so heartbreaking, man. I fucking hate this stuff sometimes that people had to go through this. But I feel like I owe it to him to listen to his story, you know? He just went through something fucking horrific, and I feel like I owe it to him to listen. Before 9-11, it was the single largest event that, I mean, it was a, it got the, the most American, it was the event in which the most Americans had ever died in one single event before. Um, and then 9-11 happened, and then that took first place. Jonestown took second place. Anyways, um, I think it was about 50-50 with Jonestown. Like, half the people, their indoctrination outweighed their survival instinct. With Heaven's Gate, on the other hand, there were 39 people who died. The night of March 26th, 1996, I believe. And every one of them was a willing participant. Heaven's Gate brainwashed their people deeper than Jonestown did. I mean, it was fucking deep for them. I mean, some of the males were even willing to get castrated with... Without a doctor, they went to a fucking storage unit and no doctors, no nurses. They took a fucking scalpel and cut those puppies off themselves. Imagine believing in your religion so deeply that you do that. That shit's fascinating to me and, and heartbreaking at the same time. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pastor Greg Locke living in fear of the Illuminati. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
So the first article I wanted to take a look at is titled, Greg Locke alleges Mitch McConnell was controlled by Illuminati hand signals during election certification. I thought the Illuminati took a back burner like when QAnon came along. I thought Q had like this special insight into the government that did not involve the Illuminati. I don't know. Or maybe they replaced Illuminati with the word deep state instead because it's less conspiratorial or it, or it seems like it at its face. I don't know. This story is by Kyle Mantilla on rightwingwatch.org. So let's give it a read and see what it says. Radical right-wing pastor Greg Locke once again used his Sunday sermon to float outlandish conspiracy theories while delivering an unhinged rant in which he accused Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of being controlled by Illuminati hand signals when Congress gathered to certify the election results last week. Locke, who was among those who spoke at the various so-called Stop the Steal events in Washington, D.C. that took place before MAGA activists and members of militia organizations and such far-right hate groups as Proud Boys breached security and stormed the Capitol in an effort to prevent Congress from certifying the election for Joe Biden, insisted that the insurrection at the Capitol was a left-wing false flag designed to intimidate Republicans in Congress so that they would not raise objections to the certification. As evidence, Locke alleged that a figure seated behind McConnell was flashing him Illuminati hand signals as a threat, and he would be killed if he didn't follow orders. So let's watch this clip. Let's watch the clip of this guy in the background flashing Mitch McConnell Illuminati hand symbols. Watch, right here, see this? The guy is stretching his hands out like this. I do that all the time, dude, seriously. Why is this so so crazy? I don't get it. Look at this. He's just stretching his hands out. I was looking at Locke's Twitter account the other day, and I scrolled past this, and I watched it. And it was, like, really, really weird, but I didn't think too much of it, right? But it turns out, Pastor Greg Locke, this has been rattling around in the back of his mind for a while because he actually did a whole sermon bit about it just the other day. So let's listen to Greg Locke talk about this in his sermon and see what he said about it. I'm here to tell you, there's a group of elitists that run this nation, a group of globalists that run the world, and their money runs it. And I'm going to tell you something, it is nothing more than a satanic death cult. He's referring to the Illuminati here. And he's saying that the Illuminati is a satanic death cult. Now, there's this whole thing from the 1980s. You guys probably heard of it. It's called the Satanic Panic, right? It's where this person wrote this book. I think the book was called Michelle Remembers. The person wrote this book about how she was subjected to satanic ritual abuse when she was little. Quote, unquote. Satanic ritual abuse. And... She goes into, like, great detail about how these Satanists were, like, tying her down and just doing all this crazy stuff to her, like, torture and all this other stuff. And her therapist publishes the book, marries her, from my recollection, if this is the case that I'm thinking of, marries her, huge breach of ethics, should not have done that, publishes the book, and not long after that, it turned out it was all bullshit. It was fake. So this whole satanic panic thing from the 80s, like where everybody was afraid that Satanists were around every fucking corner, it all stemmed from this book that was made up. It wasn't even real. 
but people were convinced that it was. So I find it really interesting that this guy is going back to the whole satanic panic thing and trying to drudge all that old shit up and saying that, you know, this is all... The Illuminati is just part of a satanic death cult. It's, it's all routes back to the satanic panic BS. And the clearest thing I've ever seen in my life is when Mitch McConnell gets off track, he turns around and the guy behind him gives him the Illuminati hand signal of authoritarianism to make sure he stays... Illuminati hand symbol of authoritarianism? What does that mean exactly? I mean, look, we've got the clip right here. We can watch it again real quick. Board of elections on steroids. Symbol of authoritarian. What does he mean? I don't understand what he means. This guy is so fucking strange. And I honestly, to the bottom of my heart, I think that he really believes the bullshit that he spreads. Illuminati hand signal of authoritarianism to make sure he stays on track. Just remind that sucker, we're still in control, we're still paying your bills, and you do anything against what we say, and we'll make sure nobody finds your body, Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa, oh my god. See, this guy is actually, I, I consider him a very skilled communicator. He's very good at what he does. He's very good at, like, inspiring emotions in people. But the appeal to emotion fallacy, for lack of a better term, that's a propaganda technique. What he's doing here is propaganda. Trying to make people link these ideas with emotions in their head. He's trying to inspire emotions so that they're more likely to believe him and trust him. And he's sitting here talking about Mitch McConnell being controlled by the Illuminati. And if he doesn't do what they say, then they're going to make him disappear like Jimmy Hoffa. That's insane. That is tinfoil hat territory. It is happening before our very eyes and Christians that won't read a Bible get mad when I call this stuff out. It is happening. Satanism has infiltrated the highest positions in the land. I really don't understand how people come to the conclusion that the world is controlled by Satanists, especially the U.S., really? I would say the U.S. is the largest religious state, or it would be a religious state if evangelicals could get their way. Child has infiltrated the highest positions in the land. Child sacrifice, not just, and I mean the whole deal, it is everywhere. Child sacrifice, the whole deal. Is he imagining somebody like putting people on like a table and, and, and like doing like a blood sacrifice to Satan? Are you serious? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we would see this guy in a tinfoil hat. If he wasn't the leader of a church, he'd be wearing a tinfoil hat to protect himself from EM waves that the government is trying to send to him. This guy is fucking bizarre. And he's one of the leaders of a movement. He is famous. He is a massive pastor. He's been on CNN and Fox News and all over the place. He's got a giant church, a lot of influence. Seriously, this should speak to where we are as a country. The fact that somebody with these ideas holds so much influence in the United States should be disturbing to everybody. Let's keep listening. 
and we are not paying attention. That stuff ought to make you sick. Stuff ought to bother you. I'll tell you what bothers me. The fact that this guy has as much influence as he does. There is something not right about this. This is insane. And yet he turns around. Praise God, we got some music playing, amen? That, that's the Lord agreeing with what I'm saying. That's the Lord agreeing with what I'm saying. Fascinating. In a little while, we're going to be talking about a story where he says that people who claimed that God told them that Trump was going to be president for the next four years, they're fools. He says, I never said that God said that. I only said that I said that. So he does this video where he says people who claimed that God told them that Trump would be president for the next four years, they spoke presumptuously. They spoke for God when God didn't say that. Now what's floating around on the internet is all of these people that, let me use the word loosely, prophesied that Trump was going to remain in the presidency for the remaining four years. Now they're all being called false prophets, and so here's what they're doing. Now they're sending out these letters and these statements saying, well, somehow or another, we got it wrong. Which, by the way, they're going to feel very, very stupid in a couple of weeks. And now he's actually saying, he's speaking for God here. He makes this big fucking deal about how he only ever speaks for God if he's 100% confident that God is speaking to him and wants him to reveal those words, blah, blah, blah. And here we are. That, that's the Lord agreeing with what I'm saying. It's kind of off the cuff, but it shows a hypocrisy in this guy. He's willing to speak for God and represent God if it benefits him. But the moment things go south, he claims that God never said that and people who who said that God did, or idiots, blah, blah, blah. I think it really reveals part of his mindset. It reveals where his head is at in some ways. But we watched plain as day those people give the hand signal to make sure he stays on track. To make sure he stays on track. This symbol right here is to make sure that Mitch McConnell stays on track. Where is this guy's tinfoil hat? Let's take a look at Super Chats. Kevin Slims. Globalists who control all the money is code for Hebrews. Yeah, that's true. Historically, that has been the case a lot of the time. That's a long-running conspiracy theory. Why doesn't Greg Locke just come out and say that shit? I don't know. Z Commander, who's worse, Greg Locke or Steven Anderson? Steven Anderson is worse. Steven Anderson's worse. Because, you know, they're both conspiracy theorists, no doubt about that. But I think Steven Anderson focuses more heavily on divine retribution or killing people who disagree with him. He wants them dead, uh, particularly people in the LGBT community. It's fucking horrific, seriously, some of the shit that Steven Anderson has said and endorsed. Greg Locke is bad, absolutely no doubt about it, but I think he focuses more on conspiracy theories than the death of his enemies. He, they both focus on each subject in their own way, but... Steven Anderson's worse, in my opinion. Z Commander 9088. I think atheist cults can exist, but any examples? Is it really possible? Anything's possible. A cult can form where any belief system exists and where there's any charismatic leader who imposes a set of rules on people and a system of rewards and punishments for breaking those rules or following those rules, respectively. So, yeah, I'm sure atheist cults could exist 100%. Anything could become a cult. But do they? 
I, I haven't seen any evidence of it. Just because something is a cult is not necessarily a condemnation of the underlying ideology. For example, a cult isn't a cult because of what they believe. A cult is a cult because of what the leaders do to the members and the mindset that they put them in. For example, uh, Jonestown was a communist slash Christian cult. But the fact that Jonestown existed is not necessarily a condemnation of communism or Christianity. So the underlying belief system is not necessarily to blame, and it doesn't mean that it's evil, just because a cult formed out of it. Nervardia, are anti-vaxxers, COVID deniers, and science deniers a cult, or at least cult-adjacent? I've talked about this a little bit before, in fact. I think anti-vaxxers are... There are anti-vax cults out there. But I think they're, um, they're largely decentralized, and they're not focused on any specific figures for the most part. They're decentralized, non-focused cults. Level one cults is what those are. They're definitely out there. They are insidious and harmful. COVID deniers and science deniers, um, there are almost certainly COVID denier and science denier cults out there. But I think that those are more traits that you find within existing cults than cults themselves. Like, you'll probably find extreme hard right cults. And within those cults, one of the, the beliefs is COVID denial. And it comes in different forms. Like, Denial that it exists at all, denial that it's dangerous, things like that. When we come back, we're going to talk about InfoWars reporter Diana Lorraine endorsing the attack on the Capitol. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to look at is titled, America Patriots Did This. Deanna Lorraine says the Capitol insurrection was a good thing, and MAGA should be proud. This is written by Kyle Mantilla on rightwingwatch.org. So let's give it a read and see what it has to say. QAnon conspiracy theorist Deanna Lorraine was among the thousands of Trump supporters who descended on Washington, D.C. this week for a rally aimed at pressuring Congress to not certify the presidential election because of their fealty to President Trump who lost the election to former Vice President Joe Biden. In an apparent effort to disrupt Congress certification process, a collection of white nationalists, QAnon adherents, and other MAGA activists breached security and stormed the Capitol. I'm sure everybody here has already heard the story. But for the record, I didn't actually know that Deanna Lorraine was physically there. I was unsure if she was there or not. I guess this means she was. Let's keep reading. In the wake of the terrorist act, conservatives and Republicans have been baselessly trying to claim the insurrection on undercover anti-fascist activists. Yeah, I knew that they were trying to blame it on Antifa. As usual, they blame everything on Antifa. That's their boogeyman. Don't get me wrong, left-wing violence exists and right-wing violence exists, although right-wing violence is objectively worse. It's measurable. There is not an equivalency between the two. 
but Republicans been trying to desperately blame it on Antifa this entire time. Fascinatingly. Let's keep reading the article. Lorraine, who was on the ground when the mob rampaged through the Capitol, is outraged that conservatives are so ashamed of what happened that they're trying to blame the left. So she's lashing out at those who criticize the rioters, declaring that she is proud of what took place because American patriots did this. Let's watch the clip and see what she actually says here. It is time that we up-level. It's time that we level up our sh- Wait, is it up-level or is it level up? Which are we trying to do here? I just want to be clear, so I, I'm in on the game plan. It's time that we up-level. It's time that we level up our show of force. And for those, those wussies that are sitting at home right now, that are watching their Fox News and CNN and, and watching their social media, and you, you pretend like you're a conservative, you pretend like you're Republican, and you're pretending like you're fighting the commies. Okay, first of all, why are why are people obsessed with communism? Why are they so obsessed with like the idea that communists are controlling the government in the United States? It's completely absurd. We don't even have a socialist in our federal government, as far as I know. Bernie Sanders is not a socialist. He is a social democrat. He is a capitalist who believes in instituting social programs. That's not a socialist. They're different things. And these people are going straight to commie. Like, this is absurd. What What is wrong with these people? On another note, I don't know if you guys realized this or not. I found out recently. But Deanna Lorraine, this woman here, she is with InfoWars. Basically, she is a she is Alex Jones's colleague. He hired her as one of his, like, correspondents or whatever. And Alex Jones was on the ground at the Capitol when this was happening. Now, right before I got on the podcast earlier i was listening to a few youtube clips and i was watching the majority report which i don't typically watch it's it was just in the list so i clicked the button because i was taking a shower and stuff and on the majority report sam cedar was saying alex jones was actually telling them not to storm the Capitol. He was trying to get them to not do this. And here we have Deanna Lorraine, InfoWars correspondent, telling people to be proud of what they did. She was in the crowd. I don't know if she made it into the Capitol building itself, on the other hand. If she did, I would think that she'd be arrested by now because they're going through all the pictures and arresting these people for this kind of thing. But I find that extremely fascinating. Like, there's, a, there's like a disparity between... Alex Jones and his correspondence right now. And you're pretending like you're fighting the commies. And for you to sit there and buy into this MSM narrative hook, line, and sinker that we are national terrorists, domestic terrorists, that we are violent, that we... She, is she denying that she was being violent or that, you know, Trump supporters are being violent at the Capitol? How can she deny that? She's saying that the media is painting them as being violent. They were! And she admits it in a second. What is she talking about? I thought she took pride in it. Domestic terrorists, that we are violent, that we were uh, so inappropriate and so embarrassing to you guys. And you are, you are disgusted by our display. You are never a real patriot. You should be ashamed of yourself. How dare you throw these patriots that have been there all day yesterday and fighting the real commies. We're the ones at war, war fighting for you guys. How dare you say that you're ashamed of us? Are you kidding me? These people live in a delusion. 
These people live in a delusion, seriously. They live in an alternate reality from us. We do not share the same reality. You know, in philosophy, there's this idea of solipsism. There are three basic assumptions that every human makes, right? Assumption number one, we live in a reality. Assumption number two, we share that reality with each other. Assumption number three, we can make predictions and run tests in this reality that we share. Those are the three basic assumptions, pretty much. These people live in a different reality from us. Like, they're, I don't know where their minds are. They are not where everybody else is. These people are working off a different set of facts and information completely. This is a cult. Seriously, this is how a cult operates. This information control. This is how it works. They are modifying the information and filtering it before handing it down to other people. Changing the information to fit a very specific narrative and a specific perspective that they want people to have when they watch it. And now the cult member becomes the cult leader. The victim becomes the victimizer. In Deanna Lorraine's case, she used to be a cult member, and now she is one of the people who's responsible for disseminating information to other cult members. We're watching it happen right in front of us. This is a cult. What kind of a patriot are you? What we saw yesterday was the most epic form of resistance that we have seen in some time. This was the spirit of 1776 emanating from all of us, every fiber of our beings. It was this true spirit of resistance, not these people that go to these ridiculous rallies over and over every weekend, honking their horns, warning. Honking their horns, love it, with an M instead of an N. Okay, I'm sorry, I, let's continue. Waving their American flags, I mean, that's great, but you pretend that you're fighting the commies, that you pretend you're 1776, but you are not 1776 if you're not willing to put yourself at risk and do what we did yesterday. You're just all talk and no walk. This is her encouraging people to take part in violent action. If you are willing to take part in or believe in violent action to accomplish your goals politically, it, or more accurately, if you have an ends justify the means mentality, if you're willing to go to literally any lengths, any cost to accomplish your political goals, you're an extremist. Jehovah's Witnesses have a term for that. It's called theocratic warfare. They redefine certain words to justify taking certain specific actions. For example, it's okay to lie or cheat or manipulate if it's in service to the Watchtower Society. They've redefined the word lying to be telling somebody something that isn't true who is entitled to know the truth. They have basically just erased the other half of the definition of lying, or added to it, so that it's no longer the same definition that everybody else, the rest of society, is working with. It's the same with Scientology, the fair game doctrine. They are willing to do anything if it's in service to the organization. That's extremism. That's what extremism is. And ends justify the means mentality. It is okay to do something 
if you're benefiting the organization that you're working for. That's what a cult does. And that's what she's justifying right here. And ends justify the means mentality. Time, because we have tried every means. We've been nice. We've been polite. We've followed the rules. Did you catch that? We've tried every means. We've followed the rules. We've tried everything. We've played by their rules, blah, blah, blah. We have, we've exhausted our legal means and our civil means. We've done all of that and nothing has worked. So it is time to show us a, a, a show of force. Yesterday was symbolic. And I hope that this is the start where we level up our show of force, where we level up our show of fight. And I guess level up is what she wanted, not up level. She is actually calling for violence now. This is her calling for violence. And for the record, this is where my moral line sits. I am okay with deplatforming if they propagandize in such a way that it could lead to violence or if or if they say something that that calls for violence in some way. Like Steven Anderson, for example, this is a perfect example. Steven Anderson from the NIFB, he says he wants uh, you know what? I think this may have been Tommy McMurtry, actually, from the NIFB, but he's friends with Steven Anderson. He's a general for Steven Anderson. Anyways, they say they want gay people where they belong, six feet under, quote unquote. That's what they say. That isn't a direct call to violence. They're not directly telling their members to do it, but it could lead to one of their members doing it through the idea of stochastic terrorism. I don't know if you guys know that term or not, but the idea of stochastic terrorism is if you have an audience of a million people and all you do day in and day out is demonize Hillary Clinton, talk about how evil she is, a sick person, she makes shit up about her, she does this thing, she does that thing, she hates these people, she hates those people, She's coming for you personally. She knows where your address is, and she's going to find you, and she's going to take you out. If you say these things day in and day out to an audience of a million people, what are the chances that 50% of those people are going to act on it and preemptively try to take her out? Very, very slim. 50% aren't going to do shit. They're just going to sit there, get more and more indoctrinated over time. What's the chance that 20% of those people are going to do something? 20% of a million. So what's the chance that 200,000 people are going to do something against Hillary Clinton physically? Almost zero. It's very, very low. What's the chance that 1% of those people intend to do something? Still probably pretty low, right? What about a tenth of a percent? What about a tenth of a percent of those people? What is a tenth of a percent of a million? Is that 10 people? If you convince a tenth of a percent of a million people that Hillary Clinton is going to come after you and hurt you if you don't hurt her first, that's 10 people, I think, who are willing to actually take part in violent action. That's a non-zero number. That's fucking scary. That is what stochastic terrorism is. You don't know who's going to act on what you're doing and saying. You don't know how many people are maybe mentally ill and listening to you and believing you.
but somewhere, somebody might be just mentally ill enough to do it, to act on what you're saying. I mean, how many followers does Steven Anderson have? A lot. Thousands, probably, total, throughout all of the NIFB churches. If only half of a percent of those people decide that they're going to act on what Steven Anderson says about the LGBT community, that means people are going to die. That's where I draw my line. Stochastic terrorism. If they are demonizing somebody and saying things like that, that they believe that gay people belong six feet under, that may not be directly calling for and inciting violence, which is the legal line. They could go to jail for that. They may not be crossing that legal line, but they've crossed my moral line for it. And I am okay with deplatforming them, not sending them to jail, but removing their ability to cause stochastic damage like that, at the very least. And in my opinion, that's what Deanna Lorraine is doing right now. She is causing stochastic danger to people by telling them that they should engage in this action. Bravery and real courage. Yesterday was symbolic and I hope that people start seeing it as heroic and jumping in on the action and that it's contagious because we need more of it, not less. We need more of what happened yesterday, not less, and do not let the media brainwash you into thinking yesterday was some bad or evil or shameful thing. When I look at the images of what happened in the videos, because I was on the ground and I saw what happened and what we went through, I'm proud. I've never felt more pride in my heart and soul than yesterday and by seeing these images. And you should be proud too. And if you're not, then you were never a real patriot and you were never down for the cause and never wanted to fight. Fascinating. So she's gatekeeping here. If you don't believe in violence, then you're not one of us. That's basically what she's saying here, right? No one should be ashamed at what happened. And no one should also be blaming Antifa for what happened. American patriots did this. And it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. That is interesting. She wants to take credit for it. She wants to take credit for it. Even though it looks really fucking bad in the media right now. Even though what they did is extreme and, and wrong in every sense of the term. She still wants to take credit for that. That should give us a glimpse into her headspace too. Where is her head at? There is something really wrong in the country right now. There is like a cancer that's been growing for four years. And this woman right here is a direct result of it. We are going to have to deal with these people somehow. We're going to have to grapple with this problem of having a cult in political power in the United States. We have to deal with it somehow. An army of therapists? I don't know what the answer is. But it's going to have to be dealt with. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Z Commander 9088, why do you think right-wing violence is worse? Because of FBI reports saying that it is worse and more widespread than left-wing violence, specifically because of the FBI reports. It was an objective claim, not a subjective one. I don't have the sources on me right now, but I would be willing to bet somebody in the chat has the link 
if somebody wants to post it. Eastern flower. Horms, right? Horms. What the hell was that all about? That was fucking weird. Zolfner, AOC identifies as a socialist. No, she identifies as a social democrat or a democratic socialist. What she is in reality is a social democrat. She's a capitalist who believes in social programs to boost the economy. That's not socialist. Unless she believes in the democratization of the workplace. Basically, workers control the means of supply and production, which usually ends up basically turning into the government. Typically, in history, that's what's happened. That's socialism. AOC does not believe in socialism. Even if she claims she is, um, she does not actually believe in seizure of the means of supply and production. So, we don't have any socialists in in the federal government. I don't know about state governments, maybe. I haven't seen evidence of it. Tyler Cross is a socialist, I see in the chat. I'm not knocking on socialists by any stretch. I'm far closer politically to socialists than I am to Trump supporters, for example. So, by no means am I knocking on socialists. Don't, don't think that. But we just don't have any socialists in the federal government right now. That's all. We're not, like, saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a factual thing. Tyler Cross, secular humanism and socialism is my, are my beliefs. I became a secular humanist and a socialist after my experiences in the USMC. Interesting. Uh, I'm a secular humanist, for sure. And generally, I think that my, my political alignment is closer to David Pakman or Bernie Sanders. I think that I identify pretty closely with both of those two people. A uh, capitalist, but I want social programs to prop up the people who are disadvantaged in society because the economy ultimately is like a pyramid, right? There will always be somebody on the bottom. There's no way to avoid that. It's, it's the nature of this economy. Somebody is going to be on the bottom. They should not be so poor that they can't survive. That's wrong. I want social programs to ensure that everybody is capable of earning a wage that can support themselves. And if they're incapable of working, I want social programs to make sure that they are taken care of anyways. I want to expand social security, make it easier for people with mental disabilities to get social security disability payments, make those payments higher, make food stamps easier to access, raise the means testing, things like that. I want to expand government assistance, basically, so that no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, where you are in life, if you need help, it will be there, period. That's what I believe in. Zolfner, social programs enable abuse. Abuse is going to happen, period, in society, no matter what. That's always going to be the case. Um, there's a ton of abuse within the military. You think that people aren't abusing that system? Of course they are. That's just the nature of it. Minimize the abuse by doing your best to prevent it and track it down and prosecute where you need to prosecute. That should not nullify the program for everybody who genuinely needs it. Prince Zodiac, get some green, some green egg and horns. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's really funny, actually. That's pretty clever. People are fucking weird, dude. I, I love that she just said horns with an M and then just kept fucking going. Didn't miss a beat. Like, that's what I meant to fucking say. <laughs> God, she's such an odd person. You know, I can't knock her. I've done that shit before, I guess, at some point. I'm a streamer. I know how it goes. Lucifer Jones, trying to use the Constitution to impeach Trump, yet you are violating the Constitution. It's a tall claim. Uh, interesting. I simply disagree. I don't think that we're violating the Constitution in any way, shape, or form. 
Blue Tacoon. Hey, first time caught you live. Is there any place where you post your entire podcast? I only see clips on this channel. Am I missing something? Good question. I put the podcast in a playlist and the clips released throughout the week. At the end of the week on Friday after 12 o'clock Eastern, you can go to the playlist and play the whole thing beginning to end. Basically, I'll have like, you know, the intros and all of the everything. It'll all be organized into a big long playlist. Or you can go to like any podcasting app like CastBox or iTunes or whatever. Spotify, I'm on there too. Just go there and pull up Telltale Podcast. I upload it every single week. No video on that one, but you know, it's basically the same. I mean, what do you have to look at on the video? On fire. Just a reminder that that type of violence you mentioned is exactly what happened to Dr. Tiller 10 years ago. Fox News, specifically Bill O'Reilly did that. I remember. I remember that. They called him Tiller the Baby Killer. And he was just a doctor at a women's health clinic, basically. And their stochastic villainization of him led to some lone nutcase taking action into his own hands. That's called stochastic terrorism, and Bill O'Reilly is responsible for his death. If you do that kind of shit, I believe you should be taken off air. Of course, Bill O'Reilly was taken off air, but that was for different reasons. When we come back, we're going to talk about Pastor Greg Locke claiming he never said God told him Trump would win the presidency. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to look at is titled, Hate Pastor. Sure, I predicted Trump's win, but I didn't say God agreed. This is by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website, so let's give it a read and see what it has to say. Christian hate preacher Greg Locke, yeah, I'm not done with him yet, apparently spent part of his sermon on Sunday defending his predictions that Donald Trump would be re-elected president. In short, his predictions aren't like those idiot prophet's predictions because he never said God agreed with him. But also he claims he's still right about Trump winning because MAGA. There's a video that goes with this, so let me pull it up and let's give it a watch. Now what's floating around on the internet is all of these people that, let me use the word loosely, prophesied that Trump was going to remain in the presidency for the remaining four years. Now they're all being called false prophets, and so here's what they're doing. Now they're sending out these letters and these statements saying, well, somehow or another, we got it wrong. Which, by the way, they're going to feel very, very stupid in a couple of weeks. Honestly, uh, I love that he says they're going to feel very, very stupid in a couple of weeks because this guy should feel very, very stupid right now. The date is relevant for this video. Right now, it's January 17th. 2021. Remember that that date because it's it's going to be relevant in a minute. He is talking shit about pastors who prophesied that Trump would be president for the full eight years, for the full two terms that a president can possibly get. When he says that, the first person that comes to mind to me is Kat Kerr. She made so many claims that Trump was going to do this and Trump was going to do that. Once one path to victory closed for Trump, she would predict another path was going to open. She did that for a solid two, two and a half months. The entire time, from probably mid-July, I think she started predicting that he was going to win. At least, maybe 
even the beginning of the campaign, all the way through to now. And now she's freaking out and has to admit that she was wrong. She kept redefining words. Well, you know, God told me that it was going to be a landslide in Trump's favor. But that was my mistake. You know, you guys didn't know what the word landslide meant. What it actually means is blah. She kept redefining shit like that to try to make it seem like she wasn't completely full of shit. And that's what Greg Locke is starting to notice here. That apparently people spoke presumptuously in God's name claiming that God told them that Trump was going to be president for the next four years. Now, like I said, this is January 17th. There is really no denying at this point. What route do you take? There is no path to victory for Trump. No path. He cannot win at this point. His last path to victory, which wasn't even a path to victory, was January 6th. And when he saw that was going downhill, he inspired a mob to riot and attack the Capitol building in, the, in Washington, D.C. So at this point, Trump has no path to victory. Never did, honestly. What does old Greg Locke have to say about that? So let me just say something. If you go back and watch every video from this platform or any video that I've done, even the one from the tree that I shared a couple of months ago or a month and a half ago about the dream, you will notate that I am very careful not to say the word of the Lord told me to tell you that Donald Trump is going to remain the president for the next four years. I have said I have good authority. I believe with all of my heart. I am a thousand and ten percent confident. But never one time did I say that Donald Trump is going to remain the president because the Lord told me that he was. Now, I may have a strong opinion. Okay, let's just pause here for a second. Um, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that he is telling me that he never said the Lord said Trump would be president for the next four years. It seems like something that he was going to that he would have done. Right. But just for the sake of argument, let's just be super generous and extra good faith, even though it's not deserved. Let's do it. Let's be extra good faith in this situation. And let's assume that he's telling the truth, that he never claimed that God told him that Trump would be president for the next four years. Let's keep listening. I may have a strong opinion on that, but I've been careful not to willy-nilly use those phrases because when God tells me something, I want to make sure that God told me that something. Now, that being said, I'm not trying to backpedal because there is one conspiracy theory in the world right now and only one. The real conspiracy theory are the foolish people that think Joe Biden is actually going to be the president of the United States on January the 20th. You have lost your mind if you believe that. Okay, Um, so he's saying that God, he never claimed that God told him Trump would be president for the next four years, but you are engaging in conspiracy theory if you think that Biden is going to be president for the next four years. Isn't that interesting? This is a type of propaganda where he's trying to flip the narrative trying to flip things around and gaslight you and make you feel like you are a fool and delusional for believing in something other than what he is presenting to you right here and now. They tend to do this a lot. This is a popular form of political propaganda. Not just political, but 
It's a popular form of propaganda, generally speaking. Let's keep reading the article. This is a quote from the video we just watched. Now they're sending out these letters and these statements saying, well, somehow or another, we got it wrong, which, by the way, they're going to feel very, very stupid in a couple of weeks. I'm very careful not to say the word of the Lord told me to tell you that Donald Trump is going to remain the president for the next four years. But never one time did I say that Trump is going to remain the president because the Lord told me that he was. That being said, I'm not trying to backpedal because there's one conspiracy in the world right now and only one. I think there are a few more than that, old buddy. The real conspiracy theory are the foolish people that think Joe Biden is actually going to be the president of the United States on January 20th. You've lost your mind if you believe that. This is Hemant Mehta speaking. I can't tell if he just backpedaled or flipped the bike over. That's funny. The same guy who spent months saying with absolute confidence that Trump would win can't admit he's wrong, so he's trying to salvage his failed predictions by saying they carry slightly less weight because he didn't precede them with the religious form of Simon Says. The Christian, this Christian doesn't apologize. He just gets louder and assumes that's a fair substitute. He also doesn't ever admit when he's wrong. That's another key to propagandizing and being the leader of a cult. When you're wrong, you don't talk about it anymore. You just move on and pretend it never happened. That's why people in high places in government, like Trump, for example, don't face accountability. He does something really, really fucked up, and everybody's really unhappy about it. Like, for example, gassing protesters at Lafayette Square, or sending the military into U.S. cities with bayonets to shut down protesters or sending Department of Homeland Security teams into U.S. cities with military uniforms and military weapons and kidnapping people, throwing bags over their heads and putting them into vans. That's the kind of shit that Trump does. That's the kind of shit that he engaged in. And what happened when it backfired on him? In some cases, he would take the exact opposite position. He'd say, it's shameful how the military went into these cities, blah, 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 and blame somebody else for it. Or he just wouldn't say a fucking word. He'd just go completely silent on Twitter, pretend nothing happened, start talking about something else, or completely change the subject. This is called distraction propaganda, where you throw out some ultra-controversial subject and watch people fight over it for the next two weeks. Like when Trump would do something real fucked up, and he knew he fucked up, and he knew that his approval rating was sinking hard. Then he'd bring up the trans bathroom debate. He'd say, I don't think it's right for trans people to go into the bathroom of their choosing or whatever. And suddenly, society is embroiled neck deep in this ridiculous social argument that, that shouldn't even exist in the first fucking place. Let's keep reading. This is Hemet Mehta speaking. He's a Christian nationalist who attended the Capitol coup and blamed liberals for it and thinks his never-ending defense of Trump will earn him praise from someone somewhere, not realizing that everyone who's not a member of his church just constantly mocks him for being a lunatic. Again, I don't think he really cares that much about being mocked, just like Trump. 
I don't think either of them really care about getting mocked that much because they both know that they have a cult following behind them who would literally die for them if they were asked to. In this case, these people's will to live is outweighed by their indoctrination. I don't know how we're going to solve the problems that we have in this country, but we're going to have to do something about it. I said this before, but I've considered like getting an army of therapists out there, you know, making therapy free for anybody and encouraging people to take advantage of that. But even me saying that, even me mentioning that, makes people like Greg Locke and people in his congregation think that I want to put them in camps. They think that me saying what I just did about offering free therapy to anybody means I want to put them in camps and force them to, like Germany in 1943, 1944. There's something broken in these people's brains. Like, we've got a big problem and it's going to have to be solved. Dizzy, hi, what do you think about Tom Hanks hosting the inauguration? What do you think Q will think because of it? My family likes Q stuff, and I guess Tom is the devil. Fascinating. I think QAnon is dying out quickly. A lot of traditional Republicans uh, and Trump supporters who weren't necessarily Q supporters, they didn't say anything about Q. I think they were biding their time waiting to see how it played out before condemning or endorsing QAnon. But after the election, uh, shortly after the election, a couple of weeks later, I think, the QAnon account supposedly, secretly was up for sale for like a million dollars or something like that. You could buy the QAnon like website and account and everything else for a million bucks. I don't know how true that is. It was just a rumor. It was just a rumor. There's no supporting evidence to prove that it was up for sale, but that's what I heard. Anyways, I have a suspicion that Q is going to go silent now, that everything that they've said and done has been proven false. That's my guess. As far as Tom Hanks goes, he seems to be just like an honest guy who is inter who's fairly left-wing and interested in, you know, trying to move society in a more progressive direction. So that's what he seems like to me. I don't know much about the guy. Maybe he does have hateable qualities. Who fucking knows? But uh, QAnon likes to build conspiracies about everything. So what happens when a cult disappears basically what happens when the leader disappears like what happens when the leader is proven wrong we can look to historical examples of that happening and see and see what happened like what what did the congregation do afterward a good example actually is the branch davidians the waco texas cult um with david koresh and everything i just talked about them recently on my main channel they switched between different groups and different leaders like a billion times over the years. They switched between the Davidians, the Rod, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists, the Branch Davidians, just a bunch of different denominations. Um, what was happening, generally speaking, is there would be a disagreement within the church or somebody would make a prediction about the end or something like that. And the people who disagreed would split off into a new group, and they would create a new name and everything else. Another person would make a prediction about the end, the new leader would, it would fail, and the group would split off again. 
that it, it kept going like that until it was a really small group on the on Mount Carmel, their compound near Waco, Texas. And then all that shit went down with the FBI. So anyway, um, usually what happens is when there's a power vacuum, somebody fills that power vacuum. Other leaders stand up and take charge. Other generals or deacons involved in the movement will step in and fill that void. When the U.S. went into Iraq, took out Saddam Hussein, who filled the power vacuum? That power vacuum's there. It's going to be filled by somebody. ISIS came in and filled that power vacuum in that case. Power vacuums are a bad thing. So right now there's a power vacuum within the QAnon movement, and we're going to see it filled eventually. There will most likely always be QAnon supporters. Almost guaranteed. They will be around forever. I estimate there are between 2 and 3 million of them. That's just my personal estimate, and I don't have a whole lot of data to back that up. It's just you know, studying this stuff for as long as I have and reading about all of it. That's kind of the conclusion I've come to. Take it with a grain of salt. But um, Jehovah's Witnesses only have eight and a half million members. And QAnon is between two and three million. That's pretty fucking big. Seriously, that's fucking big. There will always be a QAnon believer out there. Even if QAnon himself, even if Q himself came out and said, this is me, this is who I am, I made it all up, it's all a lie. Somebody won't be able to come to grips with that fact and will continue believing it anyways. Start making up conspiracies that that person isn't actually Q, they're lying and stuff like that. Precious81, hello, I'm listening and playing Skyrim. I wonder if the cult of QAnon will dwindle or strengthen after Biden-Harris officially takes office. Q has made a lot of claims... Um, that were either going to be proven to be correct or incorrect after the election, after inauguration. Of course, depending on who is inaugurated. In this case, Biden is going to be inaugurated, and that proves Q's claims completely 100% wrong. So after this, I think Q is going to dwindle heavily. They, they've been proven wrong and there's really no coming back from that for Q. Although, as any cult leader can do, Q could just come out and pretend he never made those claims. He could just come out and ignore it. Just never address it. Just continue making claim after claim. Just brand new ones. That's what the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses does. That's what Trump does. They pretend that they were never wrong and just go about their business. They never answer any questions or anything like that. That's probably what Q will do. And they will continue to gain followers. But the fact that a lot of QAnon accounts and Trump supporters' accounts have been removed from basically every form of social media at this point... That means that their recruitment arm has been heavily truncated. It's going to be very difficult for them to gain influence again now that they've been removed, essentially, from public society. They can stand on street corners and scream all they want, but it's not going to get them anywhere. They're going to be viewed as the fucking nutcases that they are now. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Oliver, my view on the censorship is that a business deserves the right to ban and block whoever they want. Imagine a bar that can't kick 
out people who fight. 100% agree with you on that. Although discrimination based on a protected class, like discrimination based on race or sex or whatever, that's always ended badly. So I'm definitely against that. That's constitutionally protected. You're not legally allowed to discriminate based on that. But if somebody's being a fucking moron, you should have the right to kick them out. Absolutely. Somebody's being an idiot, then you should be allowed to do that. That being said, big tech is concerning, but that's a totally separate conversation than the one we're having about Trump being banned. He deserved that ban. Absolutely deserved it. He was propagandizing and inciting violence, like actively inciting violence, and it's a problem, and it needed to be done. So I'm glad that they did it. Blue Phoenix. As an ex-Pentecostal, I'm glad I found your channel. I have horror stories about the church I left. Will you go into more depth about the cult? I would like to talk more about Pentecostalism. Uh, Pentecostalism is more of a, a category than a group in a lot of ways, but in other ways, it's also very unified. It's it's an interesting subject, and I would like to cover it in more detail. I do intend to, down the line. Prince Zodiac, what do you think is going to happen on Inauguration Day with the military send-off? More violent protests from Trumpers? I've been watching a lot of Trump message boards to see what their take is, but the FBI has heavily infiltrated those boards and paid personal visits to some of the people talking on them. So I, I can't really trust what I'm reading on the cult message boards entirely, but what I've been reading is they're trying to lay low right now. Trump supporters are. The Trump the cult members. I call it Cult 45. I think that's kind of catchy. Cult 45, if you will, they're trying to lay low right now because they know they have straight fucked up at this point and are being ostracized from society actively right now. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I, I'm not sure if there's going to be some, some real shit or not, but I'll tell you what I suspect. I think a lot of the people who were in the crowd at the Capitol on the 6th. I think they're just suckers who were there to show support for Trump and they got led into an illegal situation where they broke into the Capitol. But some of the people in that crowd were organized and had plans and knew what they were doing. Like the guy who came with zip tie handcuffs. Like the people who planted the pipe bombs. That stuff was planned and organized. And those people knew what the plan was. It was a top-down type of structure. So my guess, my suspicion, is on or around Inauguration Day, I think that normal Trumpists who were just there to show support and got pulled into a serious attack, they are probably going to lay low. They'll continue laying low. But I do believe that there are actual people out there actively trying to find a way to get around the military protection to take part in an attack. I definitely think that's the case uh, based on everything that's happened, all of the reports that have come out about all this shit. I can't imagine another scenario. So I just hope Biden stays safe. I'm sure he will. He's like the most protected guy in the fucking world at this point, right? I hope the congressmen stay safe too, all of them, the House and the Senate, every single one. I don't want to see anybody hurt. Nobody, not one person. Prince Zodiac, I think the only time it's okay to deplatform is after a person's toxic, toxic ideals have been challenged and discussed and that person has had a chance to learn better or if they call for violence. Interesting. Um, I, I'm not opposed to that first part, but... You know, if, if somebody learns from their mistakes, I'm okay with that too. But uh, calls for violence, even if it's in a stochastic way, that's my line.
particularly if it's in a stochastic way, because that's usually how people call for violence. They, they know they'll get in deep legal trouble if they say something like outright, like I want blah, blah, blah to die or whatever. I want somebody to do that. They know they'll get in trouble for that. They can't legally say something like that. So they usually do it in a stochastic way to get around those rules. Now, I don't want them put in jail for that, necessarily, but I do believe that they should be removed from Twitter for it. I don't believe they should be allowed to keep a Twitter account if they're calling for or demonizing somebody that could lead to a stochastic attack. That's my position on it. Like I said before, I honestly believe that uh, Trump is not going to come out of this with a good reputation. There's no way in hell he's coming out of this with a good reputation. I ate a Lego to give you money from Zach? You ate a Lego, huh? Do Legos produce money if you eat them? I should be eating more Legos. I had no idea. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, Issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.